Hey everyone, welcome to the Marked for Glory podcast, season 2, episode 9. I'm here with a guest who is a leader in the Parkinson's community. She's uh, set up a Facebook group to help people with Parkinson's. She's also helping to set up coaching opportunities for people who want to get started in table tennis. She has a bronze medal she got from the World Championships in Table Tennis. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Leona. Good evening and happy birthday. Hi, Mark. Thank you for that. Pretty much appreciated it. Very young, 48 today. <laughs> That's good. So um, um, maybe you can start by telling people a bit about you and uh, a bit about your life growing up. Were you born in Scotland? I, I was, actually. I was born in Glasgow in Scotland and I was brought up in a small fishing village on the west coast of Scotland uh, where everybody knows everybody uh, and it was a safe happy childhood. Uh, I spent most of my time riding my bike or helping my granny in the fish shop um, but yeah my mum and dad were hard working and they that was probably one of my most appreciated values that I learned from being young you know the, the hard work ethic and the resilience, I think, even started back then. You know, you fall down off your bike. It's like, get up, get back on your bike, off you go. <laughs> Not a lot of sympathy. <laughs> so I think that served me well, actually. I had uh, a sister. I have, I have a sister younger than I and um, a gaggle of dogs and cats and pet deer running around in the garden most of the time. So, yeah, happy days. That's, uh, I watch a lot of... UK sort of TV. I have since I was a kid. I grew up on British sitcoms and stuff. But okay. I really admire the Scottish people. They're really, for the most part, I mean, they're good and bad people everywhere. But I mean, they're really hardworking and humble and down to earth. Yeah. I think so. Um, but. I, th I think that I, I see the good in people wherever I go. I think I found the good in people when I went to Liverpool to university. And uh, yeah, um, I, I suppose there's some that see differently, but I tend to seek out the, the, the good people or, or see the best in people. So yeah. Um, yeah, but very much so old traditional working, farming, fishing, you know, quite an honest upbringing. Yeah. So um, you mentioned and the the work ethic what were there any other lessons that you remember um learning at that stage lessons learning at that stage um i think the value of simple pleasures um my dad used to go he was involved in he was a fish merchant well he made kippers from herring so went out early in the morning and he used to chat my window and say, get up, it's the best time of the day. And to this day, I, I appreciate simple pleasures and a sunrise or 
um, this the sound of laughter or the, the smell of fresh cut grass. Um, so yeah, I think the simplicity, that seeing the beauty in, in the things around us, I think that's probably another thing that my dad taught me probably more so. Yeah, and the value of friendship, I think, I, I, from my childhood, I still have friends now um, that I can, it's lovely to go back and you can think about the days when you were in primary, when you saw you were age four at toddlers and you're still, you're still in that peer group now. I valued my friendships from right through my life, but very much so from back in the day. So tell me um, what life was like leading up to your diagnosis? Leading up to my diagnosis, well, I was 33 years old, young, when I started to realise that something wasn't quite right. And I was a PE teacher at the time, so I knew I was body aware and I knew that something was wrong. But I was going to the consults of the GPs and the doctors and so on, and they told me that I was being neurotic and I was wasting their time and to go away. And that was that had a big impact actually on my mental health. Um, I really struggled with the fact that I knew that something was wrong, but I was being told that I was being sort of dismissed. So actually, in the lead up to that time, I, I was I was struggling actually quite badly with my mental health. Um, I was still working and coping well to all to to, to for all to see, um, because again that that work ethic, you know, I just had to get on with it. Nobody else was listening to me, so I was having panic attacks, um, especially when I go to the supermarket, and I actually had to retrain myself to go shopping. So instead of having a, a trolley full of groceries, I actually had to go with a basket and put one thing in at a time in order to cope with that and deal with that um, that trauma that was. Um, I guess just everything was closing in on me. Um, so when the diagnosis actually came, and it came on a Saturday in June, just before sports day on the Monday, um, at school and I walked into the office it was I went privately for my consultation and he told me then and there and I was actually like thank goodness I've got something because I was getting to that point you know it was driving me crazy so it was relief I used I think at the time I said ignorance is bliss but knowledge is power and probably I'm glad I didn't have my diagnosis the five years before because it meant that I sort of lived my life those five years. I had my second daughter um, and I was free, I suppose, of that um, sort of st the stigma, I suppose, at, at that earlier age. So it coming later, it wasn't a bad thing and it, it was gratefully received when it came. So um, after you got the diagnosis, what... Uh... Were there any changes in your life, like uh, in the direction that it was taking? Um, well, uh, after my diagnosis, my life's been on a roller coaster ride since I was diagnosed in 2012. Um, and shortly afterwards, well, just before, in 2010, I had my second daughter. And then, so about that time, we moved up north in Scotland, to Inverness. So there was, and there was all that fitting into a new environment with this 
baggage or this backpack on, you know, that was having to deal with the diagnosis. Very difficult time for me. Uh, I can recall, I think probably for two years, waking up every single day crying before I even started my day just because it was there with me and it was almost sort of haunting me. Um, nobody was giving me any, you know, the professionals, the, the, the clinicians that you would think would be more supportive just weren't, they weren't offering me anything other than telling me to take medication and, and I just needed something to put me back in control really. So um, yeah, moving to the new community was maybe the new start I needed because it took me away from the environment where I'd been for 10 years working in teaching. So I was able to sort of start my own new identity, um, which is the new Leona, the new me. The Leona 2.0, right? That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I understand you, you, uh, you started playing table tennis. How well, did, that, well, that how was did... some time later. That's only recently. Um, do you want to check the bit in between or do you want to go to, just go to table? In, in between. I miss right. some. Okay, so I suppose the turning point, I think, for me um, was 2016. I remember a friend of mine, um, we, we, we decided to do a cycle and it was 21 miles. And she was a non-cyclist at the time. So I decided to teach her to be a cyclist. And, and so out we went on our bikes and we did 21 miles. And I think finding my way back to the bike was part of me getting a sense of me back. Uh, and it was something that I could do and it made me feel better. And I could cover the miles quickly. And it didn't involve walking because walking was troublesome, irksomely troublesome. Um, so that was good and we did that and then shortly we just kept training, we kept going out on the bike and then we entered the Loch Ness Tap, which was a, a sportive going around Loch Ness for 66 miles um, and, and so we we entered that and we, we completed that and it was just, we got a medal and it was great <clears throat> and um, it was really good and I, I think, you know, you get, I remember at the time people people's perception was oh, there's nothing wrong with her and it's like um, little do they know the, the struggles that you have sometimes but um, yeah I guess I was happy for them to think that you know because well, I I guess was happy to be able to get on my bike and um, and do what I was doing <laughs> yeah so um, and then um, the cycling there was charity events I was raising money for a charity here and um, I was <clears throat> invited by um, Tilo Kunath who's a stem cell researcher in Edinburgh to go and talk um, at his university to his, to his Parkinson's group. I think he'd come up to me at dance and he said this can't be you have expression and you can dance and I was like I love to dance so I'd gone to Edinburgh and um, talked to this group of 60 people which was uh, quite worrying at the time because I'd always talked to children and that was fine because that was my comfortable place. But I went and talked to these 60 people and I think that that was a real pivot point for me because I came away from that thinking, feeling empowered and feeling like there was 
I had something that I could tell people that was making a difference to other people. And that's that's very important to me. You know, if I can help or serve somebody else, then that's my driver. Um, so the, 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 the cycling happened, and well, it's tapered off a little bit now, but, um, and that's taken me on many miles. Um, and you, you talk about table tennis, which came more recently. Um, so I'd, I'd basically seen on the, there'd been a, the first, the, the very first table tennis event in New York. And I saw it and I thought, wow, that's great, but there's nobody here from Britain. So I made it my mission then to, to get a team from Scotland to go um, to that. And we actually had five people go from Scotland in September as part of a sort of UK national team. So that was very exciting, very exciting, but steep learning curve. Uh, I actually hadn't played table tennis before I started training in December 2020. So um, you, uh, before we get into that, uh, you actually got a medal, was that last week? Yeah, do you want to show everyone? This is my medal. It says third place, Women's class three, sing women's singles class three, and it's a beautiful medal uh, from the Uvedoof Foundation in Berlin. And what an amazing experience that was! There was, I think, I believe, 125 participants from I think 21 countries, and it was just oh, the the uh, such an amazing thing to be part of. So inspiring so friendly i've made friends from all over uh, i've actually been to sweden to play uh, and visit friends that i met there since um, and it was just it was inspiring to see people playing ta table tennis despite the adversity you know there was people there 25 years diagnosed playing table tennis and really um having a great time and making new friends and just amazing wonderful wonderful experience um, um i sometimes have trouble with this and i'm wondering how you deal with it you know um i understand that you try to reach towards positive people and good people and so why but occasionally people slip through the cracks right and maybe in the conversation somebody might say what's wrong with you or they may, they may have have the impression that something is wrong with you right yeah but, yeah, yeah abs no absolutely and it's really very hurtful i've had on a number of occasions people have said to me i think you've been misdiagnosed there's nothing wrong with you and it's it's actually really upsetting because um you sort of you find yourself in the, belonging to this community of people who are who you grow you you just, just sort of knocked me out of it's, it's 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 upsetting when people throw out comments like that basically that just say so glibly you know and with without actually thinking or seeing i suppose that's maybe in part my fault um, because the impression I like to give is that, you know, I cycle 100 miles or I jump off a cliff, do cliff jumping or, you know, all those things. And 
So perhaps the impression, perhaps it's what I put out there in the first place that's making that confusion happen. Um, and I think probably more recently, I'm more willing and more happy to to show that other side, you know, the side that, you know, I, I, the, 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 the struggles, you know, and share that. Um, and it's that's a positive thing because I think you get feedback from others and you get an offer of help from others where you would normally be the one giving feedback or offering help. Um, and that's been quite lovely, really. Probably one of my recent struggles was, um, my struggle with Parkinson's is like I freeze. And I had a traumatic event where I froze in the middle of the road with a car coming towards me. And I can remember the tears were streaming down my cheeks and my heart was beating out my chest. I can't actually recall how that ended, but obviously it ended, I obviously got to the other side of the road, which is good. Um, but um, it's caused me trauma ever since. And a couple of weeks ago, I had to take my car to the, the garage for service and I couldn't sleep the night before because I was so worried about having to cross the road after I left my car. And my solution had been to get the mechanic to drive me home. And uh, he did so willingly when I appeared in a flood of tears please just drive me home um, but my support my group um, that I've got on Facebook uh, Gavin one of the members who you've interviewed Gavin Mogan he said to me Leona if all else fails hit the deck and crawl <laughs> and uh, my daughter's like mom please don't crawl across the road <laughs> but uh, to add humor to that situation was 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 much needed at that point so um I think I've gone completely, I, I digress, you know, I go off on a conversation and forget to get back to where I was. Um, where did, how did we get to that, Mark? <laughs> I, really don't, I really don't remember. Oh, but... I, remember, I remember. We were talking about people and their perceptions of you and how, and, and that's how that came. That's good, yes. Yeah. So I think to be able to, for me to be able to put that out there and say, you know, this re it, it exposes the full picture. And I think... I think that that's been a good thing, for sure. So, um, I was going to ask you, what what is your biggest uh, struggle nowadays, and um, what is the biggest challenge that you've been able to overcome? Um. It's actually not Parkinson's related. Um, my marriage broke down a couple of years ago and my oldest daughter, who is now 17, chose to go and live with her dad on the eve of my birthday. So she's been living with her dad for some time and that change in the dynamic of the family unit was... was um, painful, was really painful and and even now, a couple of years on, it's obviously manageable, but, you know, I have my younger daughter who's 11 and she goes halfway between dad and I. And whilst, if I'm to find the positive in that, you know, you've got time to be doing things for yourself. There's all this, there's a huge void, you know, my, ever since I had my family, 
it was about the family unit and it was about the noise and the hustle and bustle and everything going on. And actually, last couple of weeks ago, um, I had a real low point again and that was um, I found myself sitting in the car and I had a real good cry to myself because it was dark and the lights were off on the house and I didn't want to go in because there was nobody there to talk to and I think in answer to your question just now it's probably loneliness and um, yeah uh, and that struggle and, and um, I suppose it made me realise how uh, for me how you sort of bumble along thinking that everything's okay and how easily something can knock you off your your guard you know and and take away that feeling of I'm coping um yeah and that hit me really quite hard actually and and I because normally it's never that bad that I can't put my, my face on and say hi and be nice to people but I couldn't even do that I couldn't be civil I couldn't even wasn't even interested to make an effort and um, I think that lasted for about two weeks and and I reflected on on how I normally manage that and that's normally by being quite stoic and I'm just like fiercely independent I'm, I'm like I can do this all by myself um, but I've realized of recent and just from talking and seeing other, other people do things that you can't I can't do it all by myself and actually there's people who want to help me and um, I would be the first person to to offer my help or to phone or to listen to somebody else that needed help and I figured if I don't do that for my friends and give them the opportunity to help me the way I help other people, that's not really very fair. So um, I've decided to take a new approach and call people. And the beauty of being on social media is the fact that there's always somebody globally, regardless of what time in the day you, you are needing to talk to someone, there's always someone there. I think this week Nathan got it, Nathan and Cash had a good chat with me and Cash was telling me jokes <laughs> and bringing stuff out of the freezer. I think he brought me some ice cream, which was lovely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think for me, I think my, I ride on the crest of the wave all the time. I'm living life, I'm out there. And then I think when I crash, I crash hard. Um, and I don't really like being there. So I suppose um, I'm, uh, over the years, and there's been a lot of struggles since I've had my marriage breakdown, it's been really quite hard. Um, I, I know that I have to have something that I can pull myself out from. And this week it was the, oh, it's Christmas next Friday and I've bought no presents. And I've got two children and really I need to get myself um, out of this rut. Um, and unfortunately, I've got good people around me that helped to facilitate that. But ultimately, it's you. You know, uh, I saw the mental health nurse yesterday and um, she said to me, well, I'm here and I can help you and I can advise you. And I said, and I appreciate that. And I said, but ultimately, with the advice that you give me, it's me. It's down to me to make the, take the steps to get me in a better place. Um, 
and fortunately I'm able to do that. So on and up. We're on the up. Yeah, it's kind of a ironic situation that in order to help yourself, which is like an ego-driven thing, you kind of have to let go of your ego. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I don't know, do you know, it's interesting because when I had my mental breakdown, I suppose, and that's, yeah, there's the first, I've actually admitted. When I had that episode before that was really difficult, the mental health nurse said to me, Leona, she said, it's okay to be good enough. And I was like, what do you mean? And she says, it's okay not to be the absolute best teacher, parent, mother, friend. It's okay to be good enough. And I was like, um, okay. Now I think, and I think this is the negative to the childhood is the fact that, you know, if I was ever caught sitting down or something, it was like, what are you doing? Up you get, go and do something. You're not working hard enough. And I think those messages that are laid down in the formative years are so crucial to the way that we end up as an adult and the, and, and the baggage that we carry. Um, so, uh, you know, me failing is not because I'm not trying hard enough. It's maybe just because of the, the amount of load that's been put on me. So, yeah, to be able to put all that to the side and say, I, you know, I have a problem, I... I and I'm facing up to it, and I need you guys to help. It's been it's been a good thing. So what is the uh, sort of biggest thing that you've uh, overcome, or the obstacle that you that you've been able to put behind you? The biggest obstacle, um, I think it's like I say, I think it's probably the it's the marriage breaking down, it's the change in the family dynamic. It's the living my life as effectively as a single person again, and um, and and I guess look, probably I'm working on it. It's not I'm not there by any stretch, but I'm working on it. I'm aware of it. Is loving me and making me the priority, or me or seeing the value in self love and caring for me, you know, because. Um, in everything I do, I like to think about other people and try to help and better their situation. And there's a lot of do as I say, not as I do sort of type stuff, you know. Um, and I don't. I think that's. I think that's deep rooted. Um, and I think that I guess being aware of it is part of this. The stages towards dealing with it, you know and. Uh, it just feels like I'm sl slacking if I'm doing nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's probably been my biggest, and it's an ongoing thing. Um, the That dark monster that sits on your shoulder and wants to sh engulf you is always there, and I suppose it's about, you know, trying to find ways all the time of, of um, managing it and dealing with it and, and certainly I, I can see how the apathy and all of that's impacted you know and, and that you know it's, it's very easy to become find yourself in a dark place and, and sort of give up any notion of what you want your life to be like you know and, and it's really hard and I 
I've I've thought about it quite a lot the last couple of weeks, and I thought how how much I consider myself to be robust and resilient, but actually. I have struggled and if I'm struggling then my thought process goes to the other people who you know if they've not got that resilience and that robustness and and the support you know how are they coping um, and I think you know I've, as far as that goes and looking out for other people we've created that within the exercise and action group which was set up last year you know and, and people are being well people are just I think the members of the group are thriving because of the support of that community. So maybe just talk about that exercise in action group bit. What's it about? So um, I, I, th I actually shared that video with you last week and that was a six month check in. So basically, um, I my friend had set up the Parkinson's exercise research group. And that was far too academic for me. Uh, I'm a very practical minded person and I was just really interested to see what people were doing with exercise, given my phys ed background and, and, and myself feeling well with exercise. Um, I was keen to, to create a platform to, to see who was doing what and just to be a sort of support group. So the the aims of the group is to celebrate the exercise and activity that people are doing and, and through that to hopefully inspire and to motivate other people to do more and different things. Uh, I think since last um, July when we set up, we're about a thousand members now and it's a really, it's a proactive, supportive, positive space um, where you know, people go on and, and share the activities they're doing and, and um, we share videos and the content. There's so much content. Um, but that being said, we don't ignore the the other stuff, you know, the other stuff. There's sometimes other non-exercise stuff creeps in and that's generally okay, you know, but what we're not, we're not a, a place where we, mo we, we get... Um, bogged down by stuff you know we're, we're 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 proactive and we've got a growth mindset and i think that's actively it's sort of it it's like it's um it i think that the good it's it's all sort of filters out you know because the the, the positive message is absorbed by everybody and it's not bogged down by a lot of these groups that i look at are, are so negative and and you know people the message that's going out there is it's very different i don't want to slight any other ones anybody else's group but it's very different to the group that we have it's just i think you know as if a new member joins our group um there'll be a whole load of people go on and say hi and welcome and you know people i hope feel supported and listened to and encouraged um, we certainly do that in by the bountiful amount. I think um, that the sort of a function of definitely if you're a leadership and um, it's also that, you know, a lot of those groups where there's negativity, it's because people are stuck in their own situation. Uh -uh. When, you, when you start to look beyond at, what other people are going through 
then sort of explains to everyone in the group. Absolutely, and and I'm very aware of that, Mark. Um, I um, I I've I've got I've gone drifted away there. My my attention span drifted away like a a child in a classroom looking out at a sunny sunny playground. Um, I need you to repeat that question, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it was really a question. I'm sure <laughs> that um, knowing those negative groups, I think that a lot of the people that are stuck in their own situation and their own suffering. I, I, totally, and I remember now where I was going with this. I think that um, it's it's incredibly difficult for somebody who must who's in a situation where there's apathy and they're feeling pain or they're feeling emotionally or you know they're, they're feel um, disjointed from the rest of the world and it must be very difficult to look at a group like ours and think it's actually even possible you know and and it must seem so far removed from from their lives and and but i can think of members in the group who when they came to the group were in they had apathy they were in pain there was relationship dynamics, problems with relationships, and um, they picked away, obviously, the, the group um, encouraged them to pick up exercise gradually. And over the course of time, that I can think of members right now that um, have turned things around so completely. And I, th I suppose it's about having a belief, uh, a belief that that's possible. I mean, you look at Jimmy Chu, and uh, I mean his story is uh, his story was, was exactly the same. It all started with one try in the block. Is how his story started, um, and I think it's about. I guess in the back of all of our minds in the group, it's about how you, how you. Create that little nugget of interest that someone will look at and think. Um, I wonder if that's for me um, and I think there's probably people in our group that are there because they've heard the exercises is a great medicine and, and it's helpful for us with Parkinson's uh, and I think they probably sit on the sideline and are watching and they're watching and observing and taking it all in and um, eventually if that's something that they believe in then they can then move to the next stage which is a committing to, to maybe try something and I suppose that's the the objective of the group is not to rush people through that stage it's like leading a horse to water you can't do that until that person's ready to embrace that as part of their practice um, and I, I mean for me I've not been in a position where uh, you know things have been really bad for me physically so that I've had you know I, I, I've been quite lucky really um, my, my the problem I talk about is freezing and, and, and it has caused me a great deal of difficulty but I think that um, my my inner sense of I don't know I've got I'm a dreamer and I and I'm a I don't know I I kind of I, I have that growth mindset you know I, I don't have that I have that mindset that is 
I I can and I will and I will you know and and uh, I hope that that without being condescending in any way to anybody else that that's sort of what it's like I'll put you know come and play come and follow or come and try is uh, and 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 there'll be people that love me for all that I do and there'll be people that don't quite understand me and 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 that's okay because that's the nature of it um but yeah I know that the, I know that the impact of the group has been great um and it's it's delightful I, I hope that you 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 I sent you the video mark did you you enjoyed it I watched it it was good yeah so that's basically a roundup of the every six months we do a roundup of what we've been doing as a group and, and it basically that's the highlights of the group you know people share those things and that's not to take away from the the daily grind that everybody's doing you know everyone's doing that and keeping themselves in a good place and you know there'll be days when they don't feel like it and 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 i think that the power of the community is tremendous you know because we're not allowed to I guess loiter in that space for too long because it's like there's somebody there that's encouraging you or um, you know encouraging you to 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 get back to it um, and yeah um, um what would your advice be for anyone that's newly diagnosed or they're in that negative headspace the negative headspace so I think it's really important that when someone's diagnosed, they're being sent away from the outset with some positive information because any control that they've had in their life has been taken away from them. And I just think if you if we give them, there needs to they need to have information. They need to be advised on, you know, a positive message. You know, um. So, seek out a community that's supportive. I think one of the most important things is, is surrounding yourself with people who are positive and give, positively reinforce uh, your efforts and, and are not sending out negative messages. Um, I know myself I've had to step away from relationships which were negative because it wasn't serving me. Um, I would say for me, um, getting on my medication earlier it took me a wee while it took me 13 months because i was stubborn and um, but i think getting on my medication earlier gave me a sense of control it gave me a sense of better control back and that was a good thing for me um and yes i think um i, I suppose um knowing that i, I said you know, it gets easier. This, 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 it does get easier, you know, and just putting yourself in a community of people where you're supported. And um, I think that's probably the biggest thing without bombarding somebody with lots of information. That'd be, you know, be kind to yourself, um, you know, but the community, I think, is, is the most important thing. Don't isolate yourself for sure. Okay, well, Thank you, Leona, for Thanks, Mark. Speak with me it was really good. Yeah, thank you. Um, sorry, I got lost in the middle of that conversation there. Um, 
one last thing to mention, if I may, is the fact that I've just been uh, given some money from Parkinson's UK to develop some table tennis in, in Ayrshire where I live. So that's what the plans, uh, well, that's what we're doing in this new year, um, is trying to um, um, get some interest in more people taking part in table tennis and reaping the benefits that we've had. Um, it really is like playing chess at 90 miles an hour and it's been great, great fun socially, mentally, physically. It's been a great addition to my life. So getting more people involved in that is my objective this year. Okay, that sounds great. I'll yeah. link all those links in the description below if anyone wants to check it out. And uh, thanks for your time, Leona. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate your time too. Okay. Take thanks. care. Bye. Bye, Mark. Who would you like to hear from on the podcast? Leave a comment below and let us know.